Now, this episode is a bit different than our standard format, not because we are featuring a new format, but uh, because we are talking to three different musicians from three different bands. And what brings all of them together isn't just metal or doom metal to be specific. Uh, rather, it's the fact that all three of them are bands fronted by women and were actually brought together by a compilation that was released earlier this year called Women of Doom. Yeah, Women of Doom is a project that was created by Desert Records in July 2019 with a single aim, that is to highlight, recognize and celebrate the impact of female artists on all things heavy. Yup, and uh, after a successful Kickstarter campaign, the project brought together nine artists or bands onto one compilation and the album itself was released in April this year. We managed to speak to three of the nine artists who coincidentally also are responsible for the first three tracks on the album. My name is Leah and I am the singer of a Swedish stoner doom rock band called Besvärjelsen. We're located up in the north, middle north of Sweden in Dalarna County. Uh, my name is Amy Berry Smith. I play bass and um, sing in the band Year of the Cobra. And um, I offered one song on the Women of Doom compilation that I wrote and uh, recorded and performed myself called Broken. I am Nighthawk and my band is Heavy Temple. Um, we're from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes, those are the three voices that will help us understand the journey of the Women of Doom project. And naturally, the first thing we'd like to understand was what prompted the project itself? What is the need for it? I mean, the Doom Stoner community in the world is very male dominate. And uh, for me, I've always played. I've only played with men. Uh, so it was a fun opportunity to connect and meet with other women around the world that are in the same genre. Because uh, also traveling and when we almost every show we play, we always play with all male bands. And I'm usually the only women. It's a very male dominated, very male dominated world. So it was a fun project to just get like to get headlights on that we are actually a lot of women working in this scene. You know, there's never been a project really like this that I know of. And um, I think that it, it made a lot of sense. I'm kind of surprised that a project like this hasn't happened before. I would be very surprised if more projects like this don't happen in the future because there are so many other women that are in this scene that um, aren't represented on this album um, that you could you can make you know volumes of albums to really represent all of the women doing all of this stuff out there. More and more, there are um, women and, you know, people who are not men uh, in the Doom scene. And I think that Jad and Brad really wanted to highlight the fact that there are those people that exist. Not that people didn't already know that, um, you know, but just really sort of underline the fact that there are a lot of really great musicians who are making music and just, you know, kind of deserve to have have that pushed in, in the, the narrative a little bit. All right. So here's what we've pieced together. Uh, the project was the brainchild of Brad Fryer, who runs Desert Records. He enlisted the help of uh, Jad Schickler from Blues Fiddle Records based out of New Mexico. And together the duo reached out or were reached out to by the artists or bands you hear on the compilation. Uh, we were invited in through uh, the record company Blues Funeral that was starting, that started the Kickstarter campaign for this. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we released an album on uh, the Post Wax series last year with them. So that's kind of how we got, we got into knowing these people. And then they asked us if we wanted to join in and we just thought it was a great project from the start. So. It wasn't really a question of if we wanted to. Like we, <laughs> we were really excited to, to contribute. Brad contacted me pretty early on, um, right when he kind of had the idea of putting it together. And he wanted me to, um, or he asked me to um, contribute a song. I thought it was a really good idea. Uh, but another part of me was like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like singling out just a, a specific gender. We don't have like, you know men of doom or anything, you know? Um, so part of me was, you know, was like, wow, you know, is it necessary? But then I thought like, I guess I think it is necessary. Um, you know, there are a lot of women out there and, you know, perhaps people aren't really paying them as much attention. I mean, and, and I guess it's true. It's hard to say, like we, I play these festivals in, you know, Europe and, you know, sometimes there's only like, you know, one or two bands with women in it, 
you know, I find that I'm one of the very few women that are backstage. But is it because there aren't enough women out there doing it or just, the, you know, the percentage of women that are playing in these bands are so much smaller that it's, you know, more representative when you play these, you know, these festivals. Does that make any sense? So anyway, back to this project, I, I just really, um, I thought it would be really fun to see what, to, you know, to get all of these women kind of together, you know, on, on a compilation would be. So I was, I was really excited to write a song and to contribute it. There were a couple of people who had, um, tagged me on Instagram when they first announced that they were doing this. And I didn't really think anything, you know, I, it seemed to me like everything was above board. So I reached out and asked if we could be a part of that after I saw that a, a couple of bands that we've played with and some friends of ours were going to be on it based on the, you know, the press material that had been released and then my further conversations with the guys who were putting this thing together, it seemed um, pretty obvious to me that there was no, how do I put it, that they did want to be allies and they wanted to help. They wanted to do it for the right reasons. Of course, one of the newsier talking points is that Women of Doom took the shape of a Kickstarter project. Launched in July 2019, the Kickstarter reached its initial goal of 3,500 US dollars within the first 15 days itself. By the end of it, over 160 backers had pledged a total of 7,011 US dollars that brought this project to life. Now that's a successful campaign, which led us to ask our three guests about their views on Kickstarters, the role that Kickstarters play in heavy metal music, and here are their thoughts. I think it's great. I mean, the music industry, it's, it's changed like, from how you, how you make music, and it's, it's in, like, we all have normal jobs and normal lives on, on the side of music. It's hard to just, it's hard to be a musician now. You don't just, like, get lots of money from a record company to to make an album. So I think kickstarting is great. It's a great way for fans to be involved in the process and to support artists. And yeah, I think it's it's great. More bands should definitely use it. Honestly, I don't really like crowdfunding. You know, I understand why they need to do it and I, I appreciate it. And I do believe that it had, you know, it was a major reason why this album was even able to come together. So I, I do appreciate them doing it, but I, I don't personally really like doing <laughs> I don't like asking people for money. I, I'd rather, I like, um, you know, just working hard and making it myself. I don't know. Is that wrong? <laughs> no, fair. It's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of worked out well for this compilation, didn't it? Uh, well, it did. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I, I just, I have a love-hate relationship for it. You know, I think that it's created a lot of really cool things. Um, you know, but then you, sometimes you just, it's being overused, you know, in so many different ways, you know, I think it sometimes buries the good projects or buries the things that actually need it. Obviously there are certain Kickstarters that I don't really need to be Kickstarters, but I think with something <laughs> like this, you're putting something in and you're getting something back. I think that sometimes that the model for that, as far as bands releasing stuff could be refined. I, you know, it costs money to print vinyl. All of the profits are being split equally. So it is important to get that funding. Um, but I think it also allows you to see, like, who really supports what and might give you a better idea of how you can reach out to your audience because it's really important to make a personal connection with people. So you can see, I think, based on, on you know, how people are donating, um, what you can change, what you can keep, how you can better interact with people who are, uh, for you know, for lack of a better term, are interested in your product because it is it is a product. I don't want it to sound so corporate. <laughs> now the other big talking point from Women of Doom is definitely the fact that this compilation makes a huge statement. The message here is one of inclusivity and to shine a light on gender equality. Now, here at Horns Up, we believe that the metal community is largely an inclusive one. But still, we had to ask our guests to help us understand the gender bias that they've faced or have observed as women in metal. Well, I guess for like the heavy music scene overall, it's very macho. It's very built on 
stereotypes of, you know, the the hard, masculine, satanic, evil kind of <laughs> like we play evil music. Um, yeah. Maybe a lot of people associate women in music with being sexier, with being girly or being like not as heavy and hard. And it's not it's not true. <laughs> we got big dick energy, too. <laughs> <laughs> completely. completely. Yep, yep. The kind of music that's on this compilation sort of definitely helps attest to that. Yeah. And it's nice to see that's a different, like all the different kinds of takes of doom and stone and metal. A lot of people think that it's only one thing, that it's just slow and it's one chord, just like playing repeatedly. But I think this compilation really shows that it has a lot of different nuances that people, we all like listen to it in different ways and we have different parts of doom that we like. And I think this record is a really great way of showing that. You know, gender bias is a funny thing to me, I guess, in particular, because I, I try to not look for it. You know what I mean? In life. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I just, you know, I've been playing music for my entire life. My goal has always been to just kind of put my head down and work and not worry about how other people view it or view me or even consider me as, you know, a female or, um, you know, a minority. I'm Asian. Uh-huh. So I try not to let it affect me. And I purposely don't look for it because I don't want it to... I don't know, uh, sideline me in any way where, you know, I'm thinking more about that than anything else, if that makes any sense. And then, you know, when I view um, music or art or whatever, you know, my goal is always just to view it in and of itself, regardless of who's playing, whether it's a woman or a man or, you know, um, a child, you know what I mean? Just kind of view it with like blinders on, in a sense. Um, And that determines whether I like something or not. You know, it has nothing to do with... um, who you know who's in the band or you know what what gender they are more recently um i haven't personally encountered that um but in my career as a musician i certainly have you know carrying in gear i've been asked if i'm in the band i always appreciate it when someone wants to help but you can kind of tell when it's like oh do you need help carrying that because you can't possibly be carrying that as a woman (laughs) type of thing and it's, you know, I've, I've loaded in and out an 810 bass cab by myself more times than I can count. So, or just referring to a band as female fronted, uh, or even making mention of the fact that there is a female in the band. It's just, I don't think it's, I think it's sort of a non-value added descriptor that we give. And it's not even necessarily a conscious thing that people do. It's just, it's something that's outside of the norm. So we just kind of want to assign a, a value to it, but it's not always necessary. I know there are a lot of people out there also who, not not just musicians, but, you know, journalists. And I have a friend who's, a, she owns a label that put out our tape. And those those people get all kinds of nonsense just for implying that women should be empowered in the music scene so you know i think like i said i do think sometimes it's it's the an unconscious or subconscious thing that we do but if people could just you know be a little bit more aware of how they're describing things or what they expect when they meet a a woman it's like well, she could be in the band. She doesn't just have to be there to like be someone's girlfriend or just go going to a show, you know? So what was the larger message that this compilation aimed to deliver? Music is for everyone. It shouldn't have to be women of doom. Like it shouldn't have to be this gender thing, but unfortunately it is because the world is what it is. But I think it just shows that like we're, we're to be counted with. We're not <laughs> like doom is for everyone. Heavy music is for everyone. I mean, I think it's mainly just that women are out here and we're all, you know, we're writing beautiful music and heavy music and strong music and, you know, that it's just kind of showing the world kind of what we're all doing. Um, Again, you know, there are a lot of really good uh, female bands out there, whether they're just female fronted or all women or, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. And um, I think it's nice to shine a light on it. Yes, you're highlighting the fact that there are, you know, women and, and non-binary and non, non-male musicians out there. I'm kind of hoping that through that, it can be normalized so that it doesn't have to be a discussion anymore. 
So eventually you don't have to put out um, a Women of Doom compilation. It could just coincidentally be a compilation that happens to have bands that all have female members, you know. And what were the expectations from this project on a personal front? Hopefully that more girls will be inspired to to get into the scene. I mean, we need we need more females in this scene. We need more girls that can take place and that can be an inspiration to other women. Uh, I think it's a great thing when we play shows and we see more girls coming up to the front, taking spaces, headbanging, rocking out. Like, I hope people will just be inspired. I just want people to be able to see, you know, again, the music that we write, you know, something that, you know, so the, the, the song that I contributed is very different than... Um, anything that my band does and um you know i just thought it was a really fun way of trying to get music that i can write out there that's different or outside of the you know outside of the box you know of of my band so i guess personally i was really excited about being able to kind of branch out of what i was doing um and you know it's kind of opened another door of like oh maybe i should write more songs that are kind of similar to this or you know that's not just you know bass and drums something that's a little bit harder or more interesting or just have has more layers to it since I can and you know I don't ever have to worry about performing it live (laughs) we sort of stepped out of our comfort zone for this one not that we don't you know we really like traditional doom like candle mass and trouble and I think this was something that people were not expecting necessarily from heavy temple because we have a a very specific sound um and that is in part due to the fact that I am writing most of the music. Um, but this song was written by our drummer. For one, it's sort of a different side of Heavy Temple. Um, and I'm hoping that people enjoy that and can kind of see some versatility there. But also, I mean, you know, Mel from Royal Thunder, Amy from uh, Year of the Cobra, Alexis from Doomstress. We've played shows with them or are friends with them. And I enjoy sort of being in solidarity with all of these other musicians that I respect and being on something like this together is it's a nice personal achievement um even though I certainly wasn't the only one involved you know finally this sort of project immediately translates to the live setting but of course then came coronavirus here's what our guests had to say when asked if there were any plans to bring women of doom to a concert venue near you at the moment, it's kind of hard to see what the fuck is going on because no one really knows. But yeah, it would be amazing to be able to tour on this and to take it further and like to take it out to the actual fans. I mean, the response has been really good and it would be great to, to actually meet everyone and, and, and play the songs together and jam together. And we're kind of sick of staying at home <laughs> at this point. It would make a lot of sense to do that. I don't know if it would be possible for all of the bands because, you know, that would be that would be a, just a lot of uh, moving parts <clears throat> and all of the, you know, all the musicians are doing all these different things and touring and, you know, it's kind of hard to get everybody in the same room at the same time. Um, but it would be, it would be an interesting idea. Some of the guys that put this together also have a festival called Monolith on the Mesa. Several of us were supposed to be playing. Um, and I believe that there was going to be sort of a, a women of doom evening, maybe. Um, I certainly would love to, to do something with, with everybody on, on the compilation, but assuming that we're allowed to leave our houses again, I, I would definitely like to see something like that happen. I think it would be awesome. So that was our feature on the women of doom. Now it isn't a horns up conversation without some music. So we've got all three tracks and a little more conversation with all our three guests, starting off with Beswes Jelson and their song, A Curse To Be Broken.
could you give us some insight about the song that your band uh, contributed to this compilation a curse to be broken uh for me i had just gone through a a friendship breakup i mean one of my best friends had just decided to part ways and i was feeling a lot of emotion and it's a, it's like a thing you don't really talk about breaking up with friends you're breaking up with partners but friends it's a whole different thing uh so this was basically just like sitting on the bus on my way to school frustrated as fuck and the song just kind of came so it was one of those songs that was just like it just fell into place and all the parts like it it was ridiculously easy <laughs> to get this together and we were also excited to write a new song because we just finished our album and just been playing the same songs for a while it was really nice to just go in and do something new together why does this song uh, fit onto this compilation i mean it's a heavy song i mean all the songs are really different uh, they have different vibes i think our song is very like we wanted to write a like we're experimenting with a little bit more rock vibes like we mm-hmm. i think the the initial thing when we were going into it was that we were going to do like a big heavy sticky you know you want to do like a 20 minute <laughs> <laughs> heavy liquid anthem but we we wanted to try something new and i think I I'm really happy with the results like it's it's more of a headbanger doom kind of song but it's yeah I'm looking forward to playing it live and trying it out with with people Okay Okay I'm absolutely going to massacre pronouncing the band's name uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I I have to ask what does it really mean what does that word mean So Bisarians means uh, like conjuring or like a spell like you cast okay. something you cast on someone <laughs> <laughs> okay all right uh okay, so here's a, here's a slightly left field question uh how would you define the music that you play or your band itself to say an alien to an alien yeah uh, oh shit um <laughs> someone who's just come down to earth uh, obviously speaks the language so that you can tell him or her about it or tell it about it but uh, doesn't have a clue as to what this is i would give this person a beer and i would say come chill out on the fucking mountain and we'll listen to this and uh just have a good time <laughs> it's <laughs> i don't even know what kind of music we like i i think i say different things every time people ask it's hard we have a lot of different influences and it's um, how do you explain <laughs> rock and roll to someone who've never <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Beer>. just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's a final question to you. What really is next after this compilation for the band? Do you have any plans that you can share with us? Well, we were supposed to be going out uh, and playing this summer, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So, we're just going to go into the studio and see and see what happens. I think this fall is going to be like a lot of albums about isolation and quarantine. <laughs> so, we'll see if we release something on that. <laughs> Maybe you will veer towards a funeral doom or something like yeah. that. <laughs> Solitude is going to be a word that's going to be yeah. used a lot, I think. <laughs> Next up, here's a song that was contributed by Amy Barry Smith from the band Year of the Cobra. This one's Broken.
said earlier that this was a song you wrote alone, right? Yes. How come you decided to not contribute or work as a band year of the cobra and instead go the solo route? Well, I guess because it was a women of doom project. I didn't want I didn't want John to be a part of it. I mean, not that I didn't want him to be a part of it. He he you know, he did he listened to it and he gave me, you know, kind of like um approvals or disapprovals of certain things. But um uh I just I really was excited about writing completely just, you know, writing a song from front to end. And it's I've done it before many times, but I just hadn't done it in a really long time because I've just, you know, I've been working with him and we worked together that I was really looking forward to kind of getting back into it. And um the process I just, you know, was really just me on my computer downstairs, you know, and um a MIDI keyboard, you know, <laughs> plugged in and I just sat there kind of in the dark for hours. <laughs> kind of, you know, floating in my head with ideas and, you know, coming up with fun things to do. <laughs> the plan was to, you know, for me to write a demo and then I was going to go into the studio to re-record it. But the demo ended up being something that we all really liked. So that ended up being the song. <laughs> I must say that the broken is a very haunting and yet so heavy and at the same time a uh, melancholic tune. Uh, <laughs> what was your vision as such for the song? that really was it i really wanted to write something that was very like <laughs> was very it was very melancholy and like dark <laughs> that was really the idea i mean exactly what what i wrote was you know i i knew i wanted to write something on the on the piano that was keyboard based and not um based on the on the bass guitar um i wasn't sure if i was going to add in some bass guitar you know those were all possibilities but you know i wanted to write it's something really based around the piano and so you know as soon as i wrote that the the main riff in the song uh you know and it just kind of drones on and on it was you know it was pretty easy from there but that's that was exactly what i wanted i want something very slow that was really kind of personal sounding that was you know i don't it made you kind of sad but yet it's very pretty but kind of uncomfortable <laughs> you know in a way so that that was really Uh let's uh, shift base and talk about Year of the Cobra for a bit. How would you define the music that you play or your band Year of the Cobra as such to a literal alien to somebody who's stepping foot on the planet for the first time can speak the same language but doesn't have a clue as to what to listen to? Oh my god. I don't know. I'm so bad at this. I don't I don't know how like uh I mean I guess you know obviously drum and bass you know it's melodic the vocals are very melodic but the bass is really heavy um you know it sometimes shifts from you know really beautiful um again like the like haunting sad songs to you know really fast driving songs that have a lot of aggression in them um i i i can't say that i would know like i don't i don't know if there's a specific genre that we fit into because i i really just don't think that there is right now i can't you know i don't i don't think we specifically fit into doom or specifically into stoner we're just kind of all over the place <laughs> i guess that would be my best kind of explanation to somebody who doesn't really know it's really difficult <laughs> i felt i find like describing like paintings or books or anything like that I I have a hard time putting them into words I don't know how to describe them it's just all like a feeling to me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like it's hard to describe you know it it makes me feel like this you know and that's kind of how I I view these things <laughs> the recent post of yours on social media mentions that you were using this quarantine time to write some heavier and meaner tunes and <laughs> that's that's a quote <laughs> Could you help yeah. us understand uh, really what's next for the band as such? Uh I I think that our, what we really want to be able to do is um expand what we're currently doing, you know? So which which, which means uh including more instruments and finding ways to um play them as a two piece, you know? Um I think that, you know, actually writing the song for the Women of Doom project really um was was really fun, so I kind of want to write more stuff that's similar to it. um i've just kind of been playing in that little area right now um but you know then going okay well how do we incorporate this style of um music in with year of the cobra and how do we you know like what are we going to do and how do we how do we perform something like this that ha- that is really really multi-layered um with only two people 
Um, so, you know, our goal is just to really kind of expand even more than, you know, from what we were doing. I think our, our last album, Ash and Dust, did that pretty well um, with some of the songs. And um, so we're going to go, you know, once we, st- once we start going into the studio and start playing it together, then we kind of will have a better view of it. You know, everything, you know, even when it's just kind of recorded as a demo phase on the computer, you, you don't really know what's going to become of it until we get it, you know, loud with all with a bass and with all of the pedals because bass changes things you know that if you play it on a guitar it doesn't always represent itself properly on a bass guitar (laughs) and finally here's the track that greets you as soon as you press play on the women of doom compilation this one's by heavy temple and it's called astral hand
give us some insights about the song that your band contributed to this compilation, Astral Hand. Well, like I said, it was written by our drummer. Um, and it's pretty much a tongue-in-cheek homage to Candlemas. I tried to write lyrics that I thought maybe Messiah would write, except that it's from a, a female perspective. Um, it was surprisingly easy to write. Um, I just imagined that I was like, you know, married to a, a demon or something. <laughs> and then, uh, I, <clears throat> and then I wrote the words, uh, as such. And, um, and it was also fun. I, for me personally, it was fun to see our guitarist, um, write a solo over this because he's very much, he's grown up in the vein of like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin, um, and cream and he's very talented but this was it was nice to sort of see him step outside of that that bubble and uh and write something like this and also our our drummer is uh he also records he recorded this song and he did uh the drums and and bass and rhythm guitar um so i, I think it was fun for him too to just put this whole song together Considering it's the first song that you listened to um, on this compilation, I thought it was a fab fabulous choice for an opener because it's, or when you presented an album called Women of Doom, uh, this kind of a solid track really just, you know, just tells you that, yeah, you're in the right place. Uh, <laughs> did you know, <laughs> did you know that the, your track was going to be the first track on the compilation as such? No, I did not. I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Um, but I, I did not know that going into it because we came into the project kind of late, I think almost, um, they had already started announcing people when I, when I got in touch with them. So I was not expecting that at all, but, um, that's nice. That's nice to hear. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know a lot about this, which is why I'm asking you this question, but there seems sure. to be a very cool premise as such for heavy temple. I mean, their stage personas, etc. It really seems super rad. Uh, so the question then really is, um, how would you introduce your band to a literal alien, like somebody who can, of course, communicate with us, but uh, has no clue as to what uh, he or she or it is uh, going in for when presented with Heavy Temple? So we're assuming that they don't know who Black Sabbath are already? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Um... Our tagline is purveyors of fifth dimensional riffs. So I guess in, in sticking with that theme, I think that we are I sort of somewhat psychedelic, a um, little spacey, um, but also kind of evil with like just a, a pinch of honey on top. Wow, that is by far the best description ever for a big man. <laughs> Love it. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I read somewhere that uh, that uh, you guys were planning to release a new album this summer. Uh, is that true? And can you tell us anything about that? It was true until you know January when the whole world stopped turning. Um, yeah, we've we've had this album ready for a while. Um, I tried to record it with the previous lineup, but that obviously did not work out. Um, and so we uh, have been finished with this one and we were talking to a few different labels about maybe putting it out. Um, and then 2020 got canceled. So <laughs> we have been considering putting it out ourselves. Um, obviously it wouldn't be as much fanfare as if we had put it out with a label, but also I, Personally, I don't really see the material bringing us more relevance the longer we wait. So we were discussing maybe trying to find someone who could print vinyl for us and then, you know, just get some PR and see what happens. So there you have it, a compilation unlike any other and one that we fully support here at Horns Up. 
Thank you once again to all our guests, Ellie's High Priestess Nighthawk Mitchell from Heavy Temple, Amy Barry Smith from Year of the Cobra, and Leah Ambling from Bessver Helson. Well, that's all the time that we have on this episode, but a big programming note. The next episode, boys, you guys don't want to miss that out because making their podcast debut, I think, uh, globally, one band from Kolkata, India, that's managed to take the whole country and may just be the whole world by their fucking balls. We're talking about Heaven Beast. Yes, Heaven Beast are going to be on Horns Up. Yep, you heard that right. The one and only, the band that everyone is trying to figure out who the hell they are. But yeah. I'm really excited and I'm really glad to finally get them on the podcast. We've been talking about them for a while now. We've all heard their music, so we finally get to hear straight from them. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. That's coming up next Monday. Are you excited? Let us know if you are. Reach out to us. We're at hornsupport.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. We are at hornsupport. I'm at Asmoani. And I'm at Trend Crusher. Till next time, horns up. Horns up, guys.